Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. Yes, that could mean you too. The workouts have been designed to fit into your life so you can move when you can. The 15 minutes you can squeeze in before work. The 20 minutes you get to yourself while the baby naps. The half hour you can spare at lunch. There's a routine for you no matter what your day looks like. A reminder as well, this is included in your Mum Mia subscription. If you are a Mum Mia subscriber, you already have access to Move. Download the Move app and log in with your Mum Mia login. Head to move.mamamia.com.au and use code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures. I am Lee Campbell. And I am Tegan Natoli. And this is This Glorious Mess, the mother's group in your ears where judgment is left at the door. And I am so Ex- excited <laughs> for Christmas. Although my son's not. Why not? Santa takes too long. He's oh, taking too long. Yeah. Why does he take so long, Mum? I've told him. He says, I've told him so many times. <laughs> I don't know why my kids would be like, how long? And I'll be like, oh, two weeks. And because yeah. they don't know what a week is. Like, they don't know how Alexander long. Alexander thinks the longest period of time is 10 minutes. Yeah. So when I'm like, <laughs> you know, what's today? It's the 12th. 13 more days. He's like, what? 10 minutes? Yeah, yeah 10 minutes. He's yeah. over also, also tomorrow, that's what my kids say. Yeah. No, I said 13 more sleeps. So I'm excited even though Santa's on the bad list. Today we've got Scott Pape, otherwise known as the Barefoot Investor, joining us to chat about his new book, Barefoot Kids. It's all about empowering kids to become financially savvy and establish a healthy attitude and understanding of money in the long term. And I'm a Barefoot Investor. Are you? Yes, I do it. I have the bank accounts. I'm with ING. So I'm so excited because Alexander has no concept of money. He just goes, tap your card, mum, tap your card. <laughs> I'm like, if it only worked like that, I'd go into Chanel, just tap my card oh, if there was no that consequences. that would be so great, especially coming up to Christmas. Maybe they'll understand yes. all the effort we go to. Yes. And as always, we will be sharing our nails and fails. Scott Pape is a self-described bloke from the bush who enjoys helping people take control of their own money and has just written a new book, Barefoot Kids. Welcome, Scott. Can you start by explaining a little bit about the book and what was your main aim? So my main aim with this book was to try and get it into the hands of as many kids as I could. So I wrote The Barefoot Investor. I figured that kind of gave me a bit of a platform because so many people read the book. And the number one question I got was, why didn't I learn this when I was you know, in school? So I kind of went, you know what? I really should try and get financial education in schools. Um, so I, I spent a couple of years designing my own program, giving it away for free, trying to get sort of the bureaucrats to take it on board. They didn't really want to do it. So my default plan was to write this book and sort of bypass the bureaucrats and get it in the hands of parents. And what was the difference in the process of writing for kids compared to adults? It was horrible. Um, (laughs) Writing for kids is horrible. So I have four kids under the age of nine and I call them my four grumpy little editors because (laughs) I would spend the day, you know, trying to craft these hilarious stories and I would, instead of reading them a story at night, I would read them what I'd written that day 
And invariably, I had like 15 seconds before they were bored or (laughs) they were just switching off. So I very quickly realized that my competition was, you know, YouTube, it was Andy and Terry books. So Mm. I had to make it really snappy. But yeah, the kids were really, really good at actually zoning in on just they won't be spoken down to, they won't be bored. And I think the book was very painful to write, but it's probably the book that I'm most proud of. Oh, that's amazing. Well, apart from giving your book, which of course we're all going to do because I've got so many questions. My son does not understand money. He just wants me to tap everything. Um, (laughs) But what can parents do to help their children with understanding money? You know, most parents listening to this will have done pocket money at least once. We've all tried it once, right? And then generally what happens is you start off like a diet, really energetic and we're going to do this and we're going to pick out, I'm going to pick at our jobs. And then what happens is then it fizzles out, right? And then it becomes Mm -hmm. nagging, bribing, and it just fizzles out. So I'm a parent with four kids. I understand that. So what I have done is I've written this book. It's your epic money adventure. It's written directly to kids. Mm. So it's the kids that control. It's their adventure. Parents have the final say, but it's putting the onus on the kids. The kids will remind you when it's payday. They won't forget. <laughs> so it's, it's just not lumping one more thing the parent has to do, but mm. letting the kid have the experience. And what is the three bucket strategy? So the three bucket strategy basically came from the barefoot investor, and that's how I know I'm all managed. about it. I'm a barefoot investor. Scott. <laughs> awesome. That's how I manage my money. But then you know the idea with the kids is you know they've got buckets as well. So you know for me, I kind of find talking to kids about money can be kind of creepy and a little bit weird and a little bit consumerist and capitalist and stuff. So what I wanted to do was just say, look, the first thing I want you to do is enjoy working and like, you know, being a hard worker because Mm. we have all worked with young people who don't know how to work, don't want to work. They're like snowflakes. So I want my kids to be hard workers. That's the first thing. So they're going to get up, they're going to work. Then what we're going to do is got three jars. We want them to spend money, right? My kids right now are going through the Pokemon phase. Absolutely Mm. kills me because it's such a waste of money. But they love it, right? Mm. But they are working and they are enjoying spending because no one wants to raise a tightwad. It's not cool, mm. you know. And so so we want our kids to spend money wisely. We want them to save up and, and get a goal and we want them to give some money. So it could be some flowers for Gran. It could be food for Food Bank. But we want generous, hardworking, kind kids and pocket money. It's just a tool to teach those values and to give them those experiences. I love that so much. (laughs) Yeah, it's great. Now, look, your book gives a lot of tips about managing money from a very technology-based space, obviously, because that's the world we live in. So, for example, you know, online shopping and discounts and banking apps, do you think kids these days have an advantage with technology or was it better, you know, back in the day with our Dolomite account checkbook? Well, I don't think Dolomites was – you're baiting me there about Dolomites. <laughs> but, but no, I actually think things were simpler back when we had dollars and, you know, notes and coins because we don't mm. – re- let's be honest, you don't, you don't really have that anymore. Mm-mm. And I think what's happened since we were at school is banks and Afterpay and advertisers have become very, very, very good at targeting our kids. Mm. It's called pester power right? You know, kids control a lot of the spending decisions of the family, you know, and 
I think that banks and financial institutions are marketing to younger people. And I think that really sucks. Mm. So I do think that it was easier back when there wasn't so much social media, there wasn't so much advertising, there wasn't so many influences and those sorts of things. Mm. But I don't think we're going back to checks, to coins and to notes. So I think that if anything, it's only going to speed up. But the thing that I would say is that in our for our grandchildren or our grandchildren's children, you're still going to have to get out of bed and enjoy working. You're still going to have to be generous. You're still going to have to be able to spend wisely and save up for a goal. Those things are behaviors and values. And that's really what my book's all about. That's so true, regardless of the method, really. Yeah. Mm. And what do you think is a good time to start the pocket money process? Look, I mean, you know, so for me, yeah, everyone thinks I'm trying to raise like millionaire kids and stuff. (laughs) I can tell you, it's just I find that really weird, all that stuff. For me, it's like, well, when do you want to start teaching your kids responsibility? Like, so I live on a farm and, you know, my four-year-old preschool daughter collects the eggs. Now, some of them get scrambled, but that's okay. (laughs) She wants to do what her brothers are doing, right? So for me, you know, it's really just a rite of passage. It's like, you know, we actually, we do stuff, we take responsibility and I get to buy my own stuff. You know, even for a preschooler, mm. the ability to actually go and buy your own, you know, little doll or Pokemon cards, it's a real experience for them, mm, you know. Yeah. It's not getting them to, you know, corrupt them with money or something. It's just, you know, getting them out there and saying it's fun to work. And yeah. I think also the value, like my son's three and a half, but yeah, like I said before, I've got to teach him that you don't just get to tap a magical card. There's, yeah. there's a way money gets into that bank if account. If I had a dollar for every time I said, <laughs> money doesn't grow on trees, then I'd be able to buy them everything they bloody want. But rather than just, you know, the flyaway comment, you know, teaching them yes. the process and the responsibility and the value. Yeah, yeah so but beneficial. You can't start too early. Can but, you? But I would now, just say, though, with my – so we're a family of six, right, so four kids. What we do is – we don't turn everything into a transaction, right? So dinner is they set the table, they clear the table, we all do the dishes, they make their bed, they put their clothes, not always, but most of the time into the laundry. These mm. things are right in the book. They're called parent pleasers, right? Because mm. just like I don't charge them, you know, to put food at night, to cook them dinner, mm. they don't get paid to do basic things that we all pitch in, you know, for, yeah. as a family. That's part of just being a household. Totally. Now, lastly, we've got a very adorable question from a young fan of yours. His name is Toby. He's 12 and he even dressed up as you for Halloween. Oh, wow. He has asked, (laughs) what is a good amount to have saved by 18? That is a really good question. I don't know. Look, it, it all depends on whether when he turns, say, 15, if he gets a part time job or a casual job. And I think that that you should actually get a part-time job when you're 15. I think that's Mm. just as much part of your education. You know, I think we, you guys, did you guys have part-time jobs when you were teenagers? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I worked at a roller skating rink. Oh, yeah. I worked at Funorama, like a soft play, like a kid's play thing, and then a hairdresser. And boost juice. Oh, no, I didn't do boost juice. Oh, that was someone else. (laughs) Anyway, we had jobs. We're hard workers. You had like the coolest jobs. I was in the delicatessen at my local uh, Woolworths with like a a paper hat and a pink bow tie. Like it was just. Good shaved meat. (laughs) You can come to my cheese platter anytime. (laughs) 
All I'm saying though is that I think it all depends on what you're saving for. So what I would say is that you should have a goal. If it could be like saving up for a nice car, you know, or investing, you should be having, I'm not going to put a dollar amount on Mm. it. I don't want to set you up to fail, but I just think saving up for something in a goal related way is a really good thing. Learning about shares, which we talk about in the book, we've got like little eight year old girls that are investing. So it's more about actually getting your buckets set up and saving up for stuff for me rather than the dollar amount. Yeah. Love that. Thank you so much, Scott. That was fascinating. Nice to have you on the show. Thank you so much. Nails and fails. Nails and fails. I'll go first. My nail is the words to Santa Claus is coming to town. It's the only thing that gets my son. Is it the Mariah version? No, oh. Kid Zone. He mm. loves the whole Kid Zone album. It's quite good. He knows when you've been sleeping. He So when he goes to bed, he's like, Santa knows. And I was like, yep. Get into bed, kiddo. Santa knows. He knows when you're away. Don't you better not cry. He goes, but mummy, does Santa come to babies? And I'm like, yeah, but babies cry. And I said, yeah, but babies don't cry because they're just being annoying. They cry because they're babies. He's like, no, babies don't get presents. And I was like, they do because you were a baby one. Anyway. And you're like, why am I having this conversation? Yes. But the lyrics, he's obsessed with them. He's like, and which town? Like our town? Because we're going to be at my mum's. How does he know which town I'm yeah, going to be Yeah, I was in? like, we're going to be at Gaga's house for Christmas Eve. Well, does Santa know that town? And oh. I was like, yeah, Santa goes to every single child. But he's obsessed with the town, the sleeping, the awake, the crying, the good, the bad. It's funny because I've been using that with my kids. Like, he can see you. And then my kids will go, so how can he see all the children? And I go, he has a snow globe for every child and he can see you through the snow globe. Oh, smart. So I don't know if that was good because he's... Friends of ours used the fire alarm and said Santa can see you through the fire. Oh, like the fire. One. Is that a fire alarm yeah, up in the end? The, the little flashing light. <laughs> That's a good one. But the lyrics are working a treat. What's your oh, nail? My nail is, well, look, my nail is probably my children's fail. My kids aren't getting any enormous presents this year. And when I say enormous, I mean the physical size. Size, You yes. know, because in the past we've done bikes and we've done big blow-up slippery dips for the yeah. backyard and trampolines. Remember that? That was good last year. It was good. Have but now I've it? moved and it can't fit in oh, my yard. you've got nowhere so, to put it. Yeah. So, look. It's a nail for me. My house is actually not cluttered with crap that my kids will probably use four times, but they'll probably be like, where are all my presents? (laughs) And I'm like, they're just in those little teeny tiny boxes (laughs) under the tree. You're just getting the stocking. Do you do stockings? Yeah, we do. We don't. Well, it's actually funny because all Banjo has wanted for Christmas this year, he's literally been asking for six months, is a squishy octopus. And I'm like, done. Wow. Absolutely done, mate. And that's all he wants. And did so, you get one? Yep. Well, I got him a squishy dinosaur. I'm still looking for the squishy octopus. Well, Alexander asked for a light blue robot dog. Okay. Did you find it? Mum in my mother's group, praise my mother's group, found a light blue robot dog. <laughs> and so you've got it ready to go. If he doesn't like it, I'm that keeping the dog. very specific. Light blue. Yeah, you get know rid what? of the child, keep the dog. He'll like purple tomorrow. Uh, yeah. He'll be like, I that's want an off-white robot dog. <laughs> <laughs> so my fail, we just kind of leave all our shoes at the front door and then I sort of tidied up the other day and left a couple of pairs of mine and Alexander's. Yeah. Rich puts his away, of course, because yeah. he's so methodical. And then Rich is doing proper tidying. He goes, um, Alexander's been wearing two left feet of these sandals. And I was like, oh, because we've, he's got these really great Bobox sandals that are great, so I buy every size. Yeah. 
So for about a week, he was wearing two left feet of one of size seven and one size eight oh. because I just threw the other ones in the cupboard. That is hilarious. I'm like, well, he didn't complain and I no. didn't notice. So they're probably oh. quite straight. Like they don't curve yeah, much. look, you know what? We went to a friend's house the other day and I accidentally left the girl's shoes there and she goes... <laughs> If your kids got two right, one of your kids got two right feet. And it was funny because it was only when, because we've got two of the same pairs. It was only when I was trying to put the other pair on them. (laughs) I'm like, these are two left feet. And so the whole day we were at the friend's house and I didn't even notice that the, that one of them was wearing two right feet. Oh, good. It's not just me. But now the pairs are back together. So we had yes. two Well, I have since pairs. corrected because obviously there's one of them no, was way too small. You. Yeah. And every time I pick up my girls from daycare, they've got their feet on their shoes on the their wrong feet on Their backwards. feet on the wrong shoes. Alexander's <laughs> always barefoot and they've got a no open toe sandal rule. So I send oh. him in his sneakers and he spends the whole day fair, barefoot. Fair boot. Fair boot. Fair boot. <laughs> What's your fail? So I'll par my fail off as my kids fail because they're not getting big presents. But my <laughs> nail is, you're looking at the new Martha Stewart. Oh. Yes. Yep. Are you friends me. with Oprah? I have a new, uh, like in the new house, we have a really long dining table, like four and a half metres as you do. But I needed a, some new Christmas decorations. Oh, because like, you're hosting. Yes, I'm hosting. And I wanted to do a little like merry thing in the middle. So look. For a non-arts and crafts mum, <laughs> I really outdid myself. What would you do? I went to Kmart <laughs> and I bought a runner and then some like what? Foliage? Know, foliage, yep. I'd call but it foliage. foliage. You call it, it looks like trees it's with frosted. Gold, golden berries and stuff. And then some golden like leafage or whatever. <laughs> leafage, which is different from anyway, foliage. I put heaps of stuff together mm. and made this beautiful gar would you call it a garland? Yeah. A garland. I don't really know what a garland is, it's, so go for that. Yep. It's just It's a, like a straight wreath almost. Yes. It's like what a, a yeah, a wreath would look like if you laid it on a long table. Yeah. And I made it and <laughs> It's actually quite good. So I'm going to take a photo of it. Look, we might link it in the show notes. (laughs) I said to Jason when he got home, do you like it? Like Mm. I made that by myself. You clipped some little bows on it. I did. I really thought about it. (laughs) And he goes, that belongs at your grandmother's house. (laughs) Rude. I think he was put off by the glitter gold leafage. Foliage. So I just tucked it in a bit more. I think it looks really good. I wanted you to do bowls of yeah. baubles because I, you came to my house, I've got a big bowl of lemons. So then you copied and you got a bowl of lemons. So I thought bowl of baubles could be like the Christmas version. I think that's more tackier than my 70s gold foliage. No, I still think you need a bowl of baubles I would around. like to maybe attach some baubles, some baubles to my wreath. Anyway, I think you did great, Martha. I Thank think you, you should start an Etsy store. Oh, I watch think. out, Etsy, here I come. <laughs> if you too would like a Nana's wreath, garland thing, a bob with leafage, <laughs> give me a call. Check out my Etsy store. Look, in my eyes, it was a nail. Uh, my husband's eyes, it was a fail. But look, you know what we teach our kids? As long as you try. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this glorious mess. Get in touch with us. Our email address is tgm at mamamia.com.au. Join the parenting group on Facebook, Mamma Mia Family. And we would love it if you left us a rating or review. This episode was produced by Claire O'Halloran and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.